Yo guys, it's the Soul Class. I'm a co-host, DJ Fred, DJ Fred, DJ Fred, DJ Fred. Yo, yo, yo. Now locked in to one mic real talk, one mic real talk, one mic real talk. Yo guys, you're now locked into One Mic Real Talk. Myself, DJ Fred today, and I have four very special guests. Would you like to introduce yourself starting from the left all the way to my right? Hi, I'm June. Hi, I'm Emmanuel. Hi, I'm Callum from Liberty. Hi, I'm Nikki from Liberty. Okay, so you're all from Liberty, Libertine. Is it with an N? No, Liberty. I-E? T-Y. T-Y. Oh, Liberty. Oh, actually Liberty, like yeah. like the word Liberty. Liberty means like freedom of mm-hmm. speech, right? Something Just like freedom that. Freedom in general. Okay. So what is um, Liberty then? For the, for the, for the um, listeners at home, because they probably have no idea. Same, same way I had no idea when I came here today. Um, So we are a human rights and civil liberties organization. Uh, We've been around since the 1930s. um, And basically, our job is to defend uh, human rights, uh, working with lots of different uh, communities um, to, yeah, campaign, um, uh, lodge legal challenges, and basically ensure that all of our rights are protected and defended. All right, cool. So our listeners at home probably just heard your American accent. <laughs> so like, <laughs> oh no. maybe specify where um, where's Liberty based? Is it in London, the UK? Yeah, Since sorry. the 30s, that's it's been around for a while. So where did it first start, and where is it today? Yeah. So sorry, I'm I'm not even from America. Oh, so this is not sorry. even like this is just fake news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we are based in the UK. We work um kind of basically in the UK and yeah, we've had our uh, can't do maths, but 85th birthday recently or something. 85th birthday. That's that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, so we basically um do human rights work, but we work mainly in like England and Wales, I think. So, um First of all, what are human rights? Because that's something that, like, I always, I always hear that that um, that phrase, or the yeah, the, the phrase human rights. But it's like, mm. I'm pretty sure there's a there's boundaries to that because, yeah, like humans can't do whatever the hell we want to do. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say. So, what are actual human rights? Could you just describe that to me, please? I'm not going to answer this properly, <laughs> but it's a really great question. What I will say is there's an official understanding of what human rights is. And then there's also a kind of critical debate around their value and and how useful they are. But essentially, 
And this is, wow, this is like thinking back to like when I first went to uni and stuff. So please do correct me if I'm wrong, everyone else. But human rights basically became what we know them to be now after World War II. And, well, at least in a kind of global sense. And this is when the Universal Declaration of Human Rights became a thing. But in kind of less jargonistic language, that human rights are a concept that mean that we have in place some laws and some kind of values that mean that human humans have certain rights and can do certain things and are protected in certain ways. So things like we have the freedom to express ourselves in a particular way, we've got the freedom to assemble and protest, we've got, you know, freedom from torture and, you know, certain rights that can't be interfered with or can be interfered with only in certain ways. So the idea is that they protect you from state abuses of power. That's what I would describe them as. But obviously in, in reality and in real terms, that's happening all the time. We know that that's happening all the time in different countries and also in the UK. And so one of the roles that Liberty does is try and hold the government and the state in particular, so the government, the police and so on, to account for when they are responsible for inflicting human rights abuses. So that's that's what we do, we say. But I think the reason why I said it's there's a critical view of it too is because I think the very fact that we know that these abuses happen and they especially happen against marginalized communities, so people of color, LGBT plus people, disabled people, for example, you know, migrants, human rights abuses happen to everybody, but they particularly target certain communities. And so the concept of everybody being equally protected is kind of false. And it's up for debate because we know in reality that certain people are more likely to be subject to abuse than others. So you guys are basically trying to make sure that everyone is equally protected. It's like in an ideal world, yeah, we have these like human rights on paper that we all like have as humans, but unfortunately we don't actually have them. And like you guys are basically trying to let us have as much of those rights as we can, kind of. I think I, I think that's I think that's completely true. I think we are trying to make sure everybody has rights, but I'd actually also, I guess this is part of the problem with the concept of human rights because it makes it seem as though like we want things and we want rights and we you know are deserving of certain things. From my perspective, and this is from the perspective of like a feminist, anti-racist, abolitionist, you know, queer person. Like for me, it's about living, just being able to be free and being able to like enjoy life and like. Rather than it being about like, oh, I deserve this thing or I, I shouldn't be, you know, it's not also all just negative, like I shouldn't be harassed or I shouldn't be discriminated against. It's like, actually, what do we want our world to look like? How can we actually all be happy? Like that for me is, is the vision for the type of work that I strive to do anyway. But I also would want to, what, what, how would you, what, would, what do you want to see? Well, in terms of like human rights, well, what did you? Um... For me, like, as, as I said this from, like, a young person's perspective, yeah, I feel like the thing that I think I probably struggle with the most is really just my rights and, like, my freedom in terms of, like, the ed education. Like, my whole life, I always really felt like I maybe couldn't have been myself or couldn't be accepted mm. because maybe I wasn't, like, as smart and I didn't really understand why. Mm. I just thought I'm just not smart and everyone else is smart, if that makes sense. Mm. So I think in that sense, that's really where, like, I think I haven't been treated equally. 
which is what I'm passionate about, like just from my own personal experience. So yeah, that's what I would say. If I could make a change, like when I'm older, so that maybe like people that might have been in my shoes, like they can not maybe go through the same things as I did. Because like now that I've gone through it, I'm kind of like happy I did, because mm. like allowed me to have like an open mind. But it wasn't. It's not really fun in the time. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that um, obviously. Obviously, race as well. I obviously understand, like, me personally, I don't think I've, I've gone through a lot of, like, racism personally, like, directly towards me. But I definitely know, like, it's such a big issue that, like, loads of people face on a daily basis for, like, no real reason. So that as well. And, yeah, those are the, the two things I would say, really, I would, like, if I could, I would like to tackle them. Well, I feel like you already are tackling them. Like, it's not yeah. even just about doing it when you're older, but even talking about them yeah. is, is part of the change, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, but maybe, hopefully, if this, like, podcast grows, I can touch way more people than maybe just Jake and... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, yeah, so that's what I would say. But you know what's interesting? Now that, like... So I feel like a job that you guys do... I feel like it's way bigger than just like like maybe your paycheck or whatever. I feel like this comes from a place that you're like outside of work you're passionate about. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like how a musician, regardless if he wasn't, regardless if no one played his music, he would still love music. So I feel like that's kind of what you guys are like, that you're really like passionate about human rights and democracy and liberty and that kind of thing. So like, where did that come from? Because, so you're born into this world what makes you now want to like instead of being a scientist or a lawyer or whatever what makes you want to do this like i'm just curious to hear everyone's stories i mean it's a really good question uh i mean i guess we could we all have like our individual spiels but for me so i didn't grow up in this country um i grew up in hong kong um and basically i grew up seeing protest everywhere like all of my friends I also joined a lot of protests and we were really, um, because basically we didn't have the right, like we didn't really have an effective, we don't really have an effective right to vote, we don't really have um, freedom of speech, freedom of protest, like, and of course, like none of these rights, as Emmanuel was kind of saying, like these are not, the, the whole concept of being it, it being a right means that it's not something that's given to us, but it's something that we have just by virtue of being a human. people, yeah. a human, exactly. Um, but yeah, like growing up in that environment and then like coming to this country and then working with a lot of migrant communities, it just made me feel like, you know, it's really um, bad that people don't have the things that they're entitled to. And then yeah. that's kind of what inspired me to, to do this. So yeah, and just wanting to make sure that no one... Um, just trying to do my part to like make sure that people have what they have the right to and to live like good and happy and flourishing lives is something that is why it was why I do it. But I don't know. Others can <laughs> come in. Um, um, so I would say my entry point for human rights and kind of social justice work, um, my, my dad has been very fundamental to shaping my fundamental values. 
Um, and I think the, the political issue that he became like, mobilised by when he was growing up and becoming politically conscious was apartheid South Africa. Um, and he was um, very active as like a student and as a young person um, protesting against um, kind of racial injustice in, in South Africa. Um, and from that has um, maybe infused me with a certain set of ideals. Um, and I think I therefore naturally identified with human rights uh, narratives or the framework of human rights. Um, but it's obviously something I've explored and then also... Um, my understanding of it has developed by just having conversations with people and by engaging in certain spaces. Um, and some of it is also that I grew up in a part of the world that was, or part of the UK, that was um, very homogenous, very white, middle class, um, very kind of conservative and intolerant and quite stifling in many ways. Um, <laughs> and when you step outside of that kind of um, world, um, I think that can also have an impact on the way um, you approach life. Um, and... Uh, Included within that, uh, the school I went to that was was um, all boys school was very very homophobic um, and very kind of intolerant towards people who didn't fit in with us within a certain ideal of what masculinity is. Um, so there's that as well. There's there's a whole host of other experiences, but I think in combination have um, yeah have have made me see some kind of relevance to human rights um, as as a thing, as an entity, and as a as a part of the solution for creating a world that's more just. Nah, thank, thank you um for sh thank you for sharing that and um another question i wanted to ask you guys is like obviously with the things you do it's like sometimes like we said this before um sometimes it's hard to like have faith that like what you're doing will um well for me like for example like sometimes it, it might it might be a bit difficult to um to even see like the end of the tunnel because obviously you have sometimes you're like you're against the government who have the most power in the country you're against other people that don't agree with what you do or say that might be in like more power than you in like society so like how do you guys like when you feel a bit maybe like unmotivated or things aren't in your favor how do you like carry on because that's sometimes that's sometimes the difference in like the world changing those people that said you know what nothing's to people that people like kind of like me that just accept things for what it is and say you know what I, I don't think i can change racism or these things so i'm not gonna bother then racism carries on forever but then you have people like nelson mandela that went in prison for 27 years that literally fought until the end and then the apartheid ended so like how for you guys how do you lot carry on when times are hard because that's like a wisdom that I think a lot of people would be benefit from in their own like personal lives, just whenever they're even battling their own issues. It's a really good question. Um, I think I will start by acknowledging how hard it is. Like it's not easy. And I think this is something that everybody, anybody who cares about anything, you know, often has these moments of like, why am I doing this? What's the point? Is it worth it? So like you're definitely not alone in, in feeling that yeah I think for me I mean you kind of touched on it already like looking back historically really helps me like seeing all the things we have achieved is really important and really motivating um I think for me working in coalition with other people and working with others that are equally as motivated and empowering and inspiring is is really important and I'm really encouraged by um the kind of 
strength of others. Um, but I guess overall, it's that like that genuine belief that things can be different and should be different. Um, like I think one of the you know people in power want us to think things can't be changed. Like they don't want us to connect the dots between these structural issues. Yeah, they want us to think we're powerless. And so like finding the strength to combat that and fight against even that to me is like resistance. Like if we can, you know, continue to get up in the morning despite everything, that for me is like a reason why we're, what we're doing is important. And especially when we're doing it in community with other people. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I would add to that. I think I think it's also important to note like all the small bits of joy that we experience. Like it's not all about the big wins. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we obviously have lots of obstacles and lots of things to tackle, but like, and they're going to take years. Like I may not see that in my lifetime and I've made peace with that, but there are ways that I can experience joy like through that work and through that passion and, and struggle. Um, and also like having a dance, getting drunk, having a good time seeing my family hugging like my niece and you know all those little things that like don't feel necessarily like they're changing the world like just having knowing that like black joy black queer joy is radical and like is important and like even ex expressing that joy can be inspiring to someone else you know and like showing that you're happy despite everything I think is really powerful yes contagious I think yeah. Like when you see yeah, when you see someone else having fun, like for example, I was telling him, um, I was telling Jake about this earlier on. Um, did you any of you lot see like Reading and Leeds Festival on Instagram, or whatever? Have any of you lot ever been to Reading and Leeds yeah. Festival? Have you been? When, yeah. <laughs> when did you? Who was the main act when you went? Oh my god, I must have been like sixteen. Everyone was sixteen when they went. <laughs> <you know? laughs> this is a long time ago. I was sixteen. He went. He went when he was sixteen. Everyone went when they were sixteen. When I was sixteen, I don't even remember. Do you know where I was? You know what? I went before. Oh, what's what's he called? This actually is not a cool reference. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Um, <laughs> oh my god, who sings like like that? He sings like that. Really? That wasn't. That didn't ring any bells. <laughs> Do you mean? <laughs> he sings with a guitar. That's how. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I went before. How could he? Was even cool. And is he even cool? Is he? Nah, man. But yeah, but back to yeah, back to my point. Like um, yeah. So Reading, Reading Elise Festival was on a weekend and. Do you, have you heard of an artist called AJ Tracy? Mm -hmm. From my area. Oh, from okay. West London. Yeah, I see. I've never been a fan of him ever. Yeah, but oh. um, I I saw him perform Ladbroke Grove. Yeah. Even today, I was playing Ladbroke Grove. Since then, I've just been listening to that song. Yeah, but it's just just to see how fun it was for him to perform, and how the the, the crowd was louder than the speaker. So definitely, when you see someone having fun or doing something well, to the point where like. They don't care what you think about them or whatever. It's just like you just see the the natural like joy. It, it yeah, it's contagious. So like that leads me on to my next question. What would you say like like are your three favorite things about like what you do? 
maybe like yeah any it can be random maybe like the food is good at your workplace i don't know <laughs> like what would you say is the free your free favorite things that you do about all you do my, my number one is emmanuel singing i just want to say that okay. i do that a lot to be fair no i'm not no not very well <laughs> <laughs> like since i first started at liberty like everyone was so welcoming like everyone's so just a lovely organization to be at um and just like because everyone's like passionate about what they're doing um combined with like the expertise and like um just like how amazing like you meet like the most like professional but masterminds of like human rights there and like but the way they like interact with you like <laughs> it's just amazing like everyone's amazing at what they do um and then combined with like yeah just knowing that everyone's doing really important work but being able to like just talk to everyone on like personal level like I think for me well you Nikki stole my thing which was the people um but the thing also is like it's like exactly what you were asking before things can feel so hopeless sometimes like you can feel like no matter what you do like there's no light at the end of the tunnel yeah there's no light at the end of the tunnel or like these laws are just going to pass anyway no matter how hard we work but actually I feel <laughs> It really like like gets me up in the morning thinking that okay we could actually do something like we could win um if we you know are like um you know thinking about like creative ways of doing things um there's this like quote from um this abolitionist thinker like Mariama Kaba who says hope is a discipline and it's basically a way of saying you know like in order to like actively like want to do things you have to think of it as like something you practice and something you're like training for it's like you got to train to be optimistic because otherwise like you know there are so many people who want you to fail and the whole thing about being like defending human rights is that it's because they're being attacked in some way um but we are constantly trying to like make sure that we're vigilant and defending them in those ways and being in this job i just feel really lucky because i feel like i can it's my job to like think about ways we can win basically um with really amazing ah! people <laughs> <laughs> can i add two things as well yeah of course so one is the fact that like when you look back at how people have won it's not just through the big stuff like we might you know we might consider like nelson mandela and you know all these big players but you know, they stand on the shoulders of so many people and so much organizing and all, you know, lots of li like little things that, that no doubt at the time felt really insignificant, but actually like they were the things that like stacked everything up for someone to make a big change. Yeah. So I think that's how I see our work. And then the second thing I'd say that I really like about our jobs and kind of goes back to the question of like, what do we do? Is that our work is so diverse? Like we're obviously here with you guys today. Um, I remember, so we're, we're also working on like protest case study videos. So I was like on the phone to this guy, this like 60 year old punk rocker who like squatted at a library. And I was talking to him on the phone yesterday to like, what else do we do? Like we just do round, like really weird things. Like June had to write a briefing on Geronimo, the alpaca, like, you know, little things like that, that like make our work actually quite fun because it's so creative a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you have any questions for any of the young people? I've got questions. I just feel like I talk a lot. So yeah. <laughs> no, we like, like that. We need oh. to carry on talking. Okay. Um, I guess 
So one of my questions, I guess, is about like, what, what I get in, well, not really like, what have you learned today? But like, if there was something that's, that's changed about your perspective of like, some of these things that we've spoken about, like, I would be really interested to hear. All right, cool. Um, well, my perspective on human rights has changed. Like, I actually see some sort of like, like long term value in it. Because before I just genuinely, I just thought it was just something to say, just to like, just just to make, like kind of like brainwash you into thinking that the world is a like a, a nice place when it's not. So I never I never actually believed in human rights. I thought some people have rights depending on where they come from, how much money they have, their experiences, and others don't have rights. Some people in the, in the middle, it just depends who you are. But like today I've seen that like with... With like one, um, obviously education, like you lot give me this knowledge and just belief and long-term vision that like human rights is is a real is a real thing. Like, and it can like one day maybe I might not live to see this day, but one day like we can actually live in an equal world, which I hope like liberty successfully do that. You know what I mean? Like we can change the world, but um. Yeah, that's 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 what that's what I've that's what's really touched me today, in my that, opinion. That's, yeah, that's so encouraging to hear, especially because like one thing I'm always concerned about is that we do just paint this really grim picture of the world because we're like, well, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. But the fact that you've come away and been like, actually, it motivates me. Like that's that 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 for me is like the best thing that we could have done today. Yeah. No, so man. thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But like, yeah, it's interesting, and it's like, because even even um, yeah. even June said, "Are you on?" Like, no one said something that's. I, I always I always say this to my friends, and they don't understand what I'm saying. They say something like, "No one is just like bad for no reason." Mm-hmm. Like, if if you meet a baby, yeah, if you meet a baby or a, ch- a child or anything like that, no one's racist, homophobic, violent. Just on 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 the back of their own like soul or nature, like it's what you go through that like makes you like that. So it's it's kind of like it's interesting to think how how can we like keep that like soft sort of nature that we have as as children until the day we die, because that's what I think ruins the world. Like Hitler, well, Hitler was never Hitler wasn't born like that. And he ruined the world for a short period of time and and like ruined a lot of people's lives, which is sad. And that's that's I think the cycle of life that we live in. We we're born, all we want to do is be happy, blah, 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 blah. Go through something, then it's rather that we use that trauma or bad experience to for as wisdom, as strength to become better and change the world, or we use it as hatred and anger. And it's just a shame how something that's the system that we live in, which causes so much bad things and just ultimately makes the world kind of a bad place. It's a good place, but with all that, for, for a lot of people, it's a bad place. Like, it's not fun when they wake up because of the things they go through. So it's interesting, man. I just hope one day, I just hope as, as we grow, and I think, and I, and I do see it, I think as, as, time gets, as time goes on, I do think it does improve. Whether that's small or big, I do think life today it's better than life 10 years ago. And life 10 years ago is better than life 20 years ago. I don't know if you lot disagree with me, but that's just the way I see it. 
Do you like, do you like disagree with me? Do you not think that it gets worse? Because some people do think it gets worse. Like, um, I mean, I guess like the the first thing to say is like the reason we even have to like um, fight for for human rights is that rights are a way of taking power um, based on what we're entitled to, and basically like people in power don't like when their power is taken away from them. So, for example, we have a right not to be discriminated against, which is only arising because in the past there has been a lot of discrimination by people who are more powerful against people who are less powerful. And so obviously when when people stand up and say, you know, no, we don't want racism to exist, we don't want misogyny to exist, the patriarchy to exist, people in power who are interested in keeping these systems in place so that they can keep their power... Um, are going to be like, no, like we don't want that. We don't want you to be able to live in an equal and fair society. So I guess like you can kind of extend that to like all of these things. So like one of the things we talked about today was the right to protest. The reason we need the right to protest is because protest allows us to fight for social change. But those in power don't want change to happen because if change happens, then they might lose their power. Um, power which is itself like accumulated over time probably because of inequality because of things like colonialism racism like all of these um really oppressive systems um and so in terms of like at liberty uh, the ways that we kind of fight for these rights is is like we'll do um things like campaigns so we'll work with lots of different organizations like our against knives like um environmental groups, um, let's say, or like free speech groups or um, kind of social workers, health workers to say we want to fight for the right to live in safe and fair communities. Um, But also we'll do things like policy work, which sounds really like technical and boring, but actually, you know, it's like reading a government a new law and saying, oh, what will this actually mean in practice? Like, who will be affected? Why is it bad? Um, And stuff like that. We have lawyers who, like, will do things like sue the police or sue the government or sue X department for violating people's human rights. Um, Our advice and information team will, like, give advice to people who ask questions. So, for example, if someone emails and says, I've been stopped and searched and I don't think... I have been respected or um, the police have done X thing. Um, our advice and information team can can give advice to people. Um, but these are only like some of the ways that people resist and this is the way that liberty resists. But other people do things like protest or write petitions or sign uh, letters or email their MPs or stuff like that. Um, and all of it contributes to like basically this tidal wave of change that um we're all trying to build towards so yeah i've got um oh you you want to say something i was just going to touch really briefly on uh direct action and i think one thing to note is that the boundaries of what is seen as legitimate and legal and lawful constantly change and that's one thing that we're seeing with the police crime sentencing and courts bill what is currently legal to do is protest in a particular way, right? But this bill is trying to criminalise some of that action. So what we, in, you know, maybe in, in, in 25 years, 
what we will see as protest might be seen as illegal, might be seen as like this radical direct action thing. And like, you know, our concept of like legality is, is so arbitrary. Like, I think we often see it as like this objective truth that like, yeah, just you know. Just because they say it's bad or think that it's, it's bad. Exactly. You're a criminal. Like, exactly. It's mad. You, you'll be labeled a criminal for going to a protest. This, this could be something that is going to be the case in the future. But, and the word criminal has so many like negative connotations. So it's just going to be, it's gonna, that's, that's crazy. I, mm. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And scary as well that like, you know, when you think about some of the protests happening against climate injustice and, 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 and climate disaster, the focus of the government is like clamping down on those protests and arresting people rather than actually dealing with the issue that they're protesting about, right? And so like often these like these things are distraction tactics. Like they want us to not actually care about the real issue at hand, which is climate disaster. Like they just want you to focus on all these criminals, quote unquote, you know, busting up windows and 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 lying in the street and disrupting traffic and all this stuff to kind of distract us from the from the fact that like our world is changing in drastic ways. Another another question I had, yeah, is like freedom of speech. Where do you like draw the line or like measure freedom of speech with hate speech? Because I think like nowadays, I think like um, like hate speech or, or hate speech isn't like as tolerated as it was like years ago, and I think it's even in the present it carries on, it will carry on being like that. So like, where do you draw the line between something like that? For example, um, do you not know the rapper the baby? Have you heard of the baby, the rapper from the states? Um, he was at a show, and he said something that people um, people thought it was like homophobic, and also just like stupid to say. And then after after he said that, so he's at, he's at a show with like thousands of people. He's like one of the biggest rappers in the world right now, like factually. And then after that incident, he said something that was homophobic, and then loads of festivals. His I think his label like they all just dropped him. Like they just tried to blacklist him. So, like, do you guys think that that's kind of like taking away his human right or freedom of speech, or does he deserve it because it's hate speech? And he, what do you guys think about that? It's a really great question, June. Do you want to take it? Yeah. So, I guess like from we don't really f- um, focus on like individual cases, like um, the example you're talking about. Rather, like, something we are really keen to do is to think about, like, when we talk about freedom of speech, I think we, especially today in, like, the media, like, the media focuses a lot on, say, um, in schools or universities, certain people being no-platformed or cancelled because um, they are racist, for example. Um, And there's all this hysteria that's created because, like, these people who often are quite powerful in, an, in their own right are being like, I'm being no platform because the woke mob like hates diversity of thought or whatever. Um, which is funny because then the next day they'll be like on, I don't know, three radio stations and they'll have like a book deal next week and then six months later they'll be like given a professorship somewhere. Um, so one thing we are thinking a lot about is like how to think more broadly about freedom of speech. So like, for example, like, um, let's say 
So one of the things we were talking about before is like these um, orders that people are given. So like gang injunctions or like KCPOs, like knife crime prevention orders. If someone who is given one of these orders isn't allowed to say be in, um, I don't know, like listen to rap music or to make rap music because um, people, the police think that that means that they are going to engage in criminal activity. That is also affecting their freedom of speech because, like, why can't they make art? Like, why? What? What is? What is the connection between making rap and um, criminal behavior? Um, and so, one of the things we're quite keen on doing is quite a long-winded response, but is to like think about freedom of speech in a like a broader way and to be like, who is whose freedom of speech are we protecting? why is the state really concerned about criminalizing certain forms of freedom of speech and leaving others? And why is the media always distracting us with like very specific and very high profile incidents while distracting from things like prevent or like the police's uh, powers that restrict people's freedom of speech in very substantial ways, but we don't hear about it as often. Can I, can I give a really, can I break that down even further? Go ahead. So, the way I have come to understand it is really simply like freedom of expression is really important. We should be able to express our views. We should be able to hold power to account. Like fundamentally, we like it, right? But where or when it interacts with marginalized communities, that's when we have to pay attention. Like when it's threatening someone else's right to live their life safely and happily and peacefully that's when I kind of I'm like okay let's dig into this more so it can't in my mind always be acceptable to be able to say whatever you like whenever you like to whoever you like when it harms another community and especially a marginalized community so I see you about to ask a question yeah because <laughs> I don't I don't I don't I'm just, I'm just like um thinking of just an argument yeah for argument's sake, I, I don't, I don't agree, believe in this. But then couldn't someone in power mm-hmm. say what you're saying or what you're campaigning mm-hmm. is affecting my life, so you should stop what you're doing? Do you know what I'm trying to say? They could. They're going to take, like, my power is now going to be brought down and I can't afford the lifestyle that I've provided my kids with for this many years and it's going to ruin my life <laughs> because you want your human rights and you want your people to... Have a nice life. What about the life I've built for the last four years? You know what I mean? Couldn't they say that as well? Well, that that's a really good question. I think crucially what you've identified is that they already have power. So when it's about someone in power having their power taken away, it's a different circumstance to a marginalized community who doesn't have power, has no power at all, trying to have equality or have yeah. equity, right? So I think that's where it slightly different differs. But with the example of, of freedom of expression in particular... I think, you know, not only is it about when it interacts with with marginalized communities or when it's, you know, seriously harming someone's life. And when I mean harming someone's life, I mean, you know, hate crime against LGBT plus people or women not being able to walk across the street, walk on the street safely because they're fearful of, of, of sexual violence, for example, like really tangible violence and harm, not just simply, oh, well, it's not fair that I can't buy this Chanel watch or whatever you know like it's different right you know our priorities might be different there but (laughs) (laughs) but like so not only is that a factor but like other questions I find it useful to ask is like so 
who's who's got the power who's speaking historically how have they been protected by the state or allowed to thrive in our society so with the with the da baby example it's like this person obviously has power they've got a lot of wealth they've got a lot of power they've got a lot of of a platform right yeah. so their views and their their vocalization of certain views have more of an impact than other people the other question or the other layer i'd add to that is like also the fact that it's interesting that it is a black man's voice that is getting all this attention right so on top of that like power analysis there's also like a race a racial analysis you want to add that's like okay it's interesting that we're all up in arms about this black man and so i think what's interesting is when society does speak out about these things it often is when it is marginalized communities that are fucking up right but we don't often add that same analysis and criticism to other communities which is not to say we should be defending him as a rapper. It's, it's to be saying, and we should hold everybody to account in that same way. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's not... That is... Obviously, it's very targeted at him for, for racial reasons, for other reasons. It's hip-hop. But what other reasons, what other examples can we point to where people are violating other people's freedom of, of expression or, or being homophobic or being, you know, infl making inflammatory comments? And let's also shine a light on those instances too so there's like a lot of layers to it but i think it's a really good example of of how like messy and nuanced these issues are they're not straightforward and like that's yeah, why we that's, need to be talking about them yeah that's especially with freedom of speech is it's not it's not straightforward compared to like someone like someone if i slapped him in the face that would obviously be bad do you know what i mean that would obviously be a negative like but like if i had an opinion that i wanted to express about him mm -hmm that it might like you have to take in so many things into accountability and you can't necessarily say oh i had a bad intention or thing so that's what i think is the hardest thing and often as well the root of like the justice that we're looking for like say as an lgbt plus person like my aim is not actually that people just stop being horrible to queer communities actually what i want is like proper healthcare, proper education in schools i want like LGBT plus services funded like that's the stuff I want to focus on but often it gets reduced down to like oh you just want people to stop saying like the f word you know or like stop using like the c word or something or whatever you know whatever things it might be like they kind of reduce it down and I think that's a tactic to make it seem as though that's all marginalized communities care about like actually like it's not like you remember all the stuff around black lives matter and taking the knee and suddenly that's what our fight was all about whether people could take the knee or not it's like no actually we care about like not getting shot like there's so many examples of like how freedom of expression is weaponized i think to like really like downplay the struggles of of marginalized communities and like what they're actually fighting for yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. how long have we been rolling for 50 minutes wow that was the quickest 50 minutes of my life <laughs> <laughs> anyways um thank you so much for coming on i really enjoyed that hope to see you guys again that was one mic real talk myself dj fred and liberty and we're out Woo, thank you <laughs> <laughs>
Bye.